You are listening to the In Her Eyes podcast. I am your host, Lynn Niehaus, episode 69. Hello, hello, my lovely friend, and welcome to the In Her Eyes podcast. I am your host, Lynn Niehaus, interior designer, artist, mama, scientist, color specialist, and space coach, here to help you navigate the beautiful messiness of raising strong, thriving daughters while you discover the path to a home that inspires you. You will learn to design gorgeous, peaceful spaces inside and out that you can be proud of and love coming home to. Each week, we will explore how individuality and practicality create the harmony our souls crave. Let's dive in, my dear, to all of our beautiful stuff. Welcome back. Thank you for being here. Thank you for being here for today's episode of the In Her Eyes podcast. Today's episode is about loving yourself where you are. And I just want to say what I originally wanted to name this episode. Um, It's not grammatically correct, but it feels really good when I say it. So it's loving yourself where you're at, where you're at right now in every moment, in like every present moment. And we're going to talk about why that's important and why even when we get into the conversation of self-love and self-respect and self-appreciation, we often miss the mark because we're so conditioned to fall into, at least I know I am, self-improvement self-critique. So we're going to talk about just how we can let go of some of that and really truly love ourselves right where we're at. So when this episode is released, we have landed firmly, um, or not so firmly, we've just dipped our toes into the month of February. And thanks to good old St. Valentine, February is the month of love. And it's, you know, there's so much about, you know, couples and and then that falls into our own worthiness and relationships and, and putting those on a scale and weighing those out and where do we fall within it. There's so much that we experience commercially and, you know, in the things that we're exposed to in this month that it does naturally bring up the conversation of love and and our love for ourselves tends to fall in there as we become more conscious of you know ourselves and what we want to create in the world and and at least i know i'm in a community of more you know conscious creators people living in a uh, a state of um more consciousness with um, you know, what they're bringing to the table versus what's reflected back on them from what we're experiencing. And this podcast actually has very little to do. It didn't actually, has a lot to do with what we're coming into for the month, but it didn't, it wasn't thinking about that, that prompted it. And I want to tell you where it came from because it's really important. And I find that it's an important piece to this conversation. 
so a few a week or so ago I woke up startled to a realization that some of the work that I'd been doing on my body, my physical body to try and get back to what I find as a healthy state, um, certainly a healthier state, was a recognition that the exercise that I love, my my hot yoga, my Bikram style yoga, that is my primary form of really hard exercise. I wasn't, I was, I recognized that the changes I was hoping to get from getting back in the habit of going to my yoga class, my yoga studio, was coming from a projection of what I thought my husband might be thinking about my body in its current state. And that was a huge aha for me. And I don't know exactly where and when I switched from doing something that brought me great joy to it turning into something that was filled with expectations and with that guilt and so many other things, like so many other heavy emotions had kind of dropped into that practice over the years. And I hadn't realized that. I'd realized that I love the way I feel when I'm done. So it makes no sense that I have so much struggle getting there and come up with every excuse in the book not to show up um, from being too busy or, you know, just trying to take care of one last thing or the timing with trying to, you know, feed other people that are, you know, in my life that need to be fed. All of that falls into these um excuses that I had not necessarily been making, but had been showing up. Um, Of course, I've been making them, but you know, you know how we experience excuses and, and that sense of blame. Sometimes they feel like they drop in, um, as opposed to us being the creator of those. And what I found over time with so many things is that when we see exactly where those that resistance is coming from we have a better ability to alchemize it to transform it into the the energy that it is to get us to the next place because that's something that you know, resistance is, you know, it's the angel or the devil, you know, it can, um, it can keep us from doing what we love, what we want, what we, I don't want to say no, we should be doing. And that's what we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about how it becomes that, how it creates that. 
versus being the illuminator, you know, being that which shows us the pieces that we're missing and going through that transformational process where we're in the state of resistance versus in the state of flow and in the state of moving in the direction we want to be. So what does that have to do with self-love? And I don't even want to call it self-love because that seems to have its own sort of rubber stamp, you know, some sort of box that you're supposed to regularly check off of. And I want to tell you how I experienced this realization and how it moved through, well, it, it the information dropped in as a process of moving through my body. One of the things, one of the things that I have committed to this year as, you know, part of what I want to create is more of an air of gratitude and sort of in everything that I'm doing and opening my heart to receive gratitude is something that I've noticed I don't do so well. I can kind of blanket myself um, or blanket my heart with it, but I don't necessarily always let it penetrate. And I've been trying to come up with new ways of ex- of expressing gratitude, especially gratitude for myself, that are more aligned with my ability to receive it fully. So before falling asleep one night, because I found that gratitude is very comforting, um, and I had, I've talked to you before about this process of like letting gratitude just wash over my body. Um, Well, sometimes that doesn't happen. Sometimes I can't get into that state. And so what I was doing was I was being very intentional with my gratitude. So I was being grateful. I was starting at the top of my head and moving down my body. And I was trying to get as minuscule and microscopic as I possibly could. So I was I was feeling gratitude for my hair follicles. I was feeling gratitude for the capillaries that run past those. I was asking them, were they healthy and happy? And do they feel nourished and loved? And then moving down um, my forehead, I gave gratitude for the, um, the, those, you know, those lines that were those wrinkles that are in my forehead and, and just what they've experienced and the love that they've experienced and the joy that they've experienced and the things that they've seen and moving just, just each little part of me. And I was doing things that I love about myself and then things that I might look in the mirror or might experience and think of as challenges or something I needed to overcome and just loving it exactly for what it was and where it was, where it was occurring. And I fell asleep somewhere around my shoulders because that's the beautiful thing about falling into this gratitude state is it does bring you into um, a, a really 
calm um, sense of being. And so I, that was the night that I just woke up all, you know, out of the blue. And I had this experience of, of sort of seeing outside myself and as, I could see all those expectations that I had put on this new sense of actively trying to get back in shape, which is what I was, I've been saying, what I've been calling it, and what that looked like from the outside energetically. And what I was, and I was seeing each of those things. And the most overwhelming thing I was seeing is that aspect of controlling what other people thought about me. And I thought, this is something I've, you know, spent the last couple of years working on. And how do I let that go? Like, how do I just completely let go of this, of always trying to check the temperature and register where people were in terms of what they thought about me. And, you know, there'll certainly be times where I say I don't care. And there are certainly times I don't care when I know I'm in my, I'm doing fully what I need to be doing. I have those experiences. I have those moments of just absolutely not caring what someone's going to think because I'm going to do it anyway. And, but it's, it's in those little details of how I define myself that they tend to crop up in ways that I don't recognize it. So over the days, so it hit me in that moment that I am going to practice my yoga in love for myself. I'm going to love everything I do well. I'm going to love everything that hurts. I'm going to love everything that the person next to me is doing better than me. I'm going to love them for being able to, to be next to me and have this beautiful expression, this beautiful bodily expression of a pose. I'm going to love the energy that my body takes in, in that, in that experience. I'm going to love every part about it in the way that I did when I first started it. Because I had lost that. And as I reflected on that, I realized how that sense of loving myself was also being reflected in my surroundings from the way I'd been showing up for myself and taking care of myself, the way that my home looks and the way my office looks in struggles that I felt like were, you know, cropping up over and over. Everything seemed to be trailing back to the sense of just loving everything about where I am, who I am in this moment. And so often, you know, when we're, when we're in that place, it, it, at least I find, if we're only there for a second before we fall into 
well before, you know, loving my past self. Or what I've learned and stepping into my project, projected self, like that if I did all the things that I knew I should do and could do and can do, who that person is, it's really easy to love that person because that person is, you know, fits into this image of perf- perfection and that person um you know, when you see her, you know, she doesn't have all of these, you know, she doesn't have life happening to her in that, you know, that moment that you see her. And so all of that guilts and shoulds kind of falls onto that present, that present me, that, that, that sentient, that, that me that is now. And so then, that me that is now has to deal with what's the difference between the me that is now and the me that is the past me and the me that is now and the me that can be the future me. And, you know, and then all of a sudden it's like, well, the the sort of fear of, well, who is that me that doesn't do all these things? You know, doesn't do the things that I should do. And then that's when I realize I start responding and, interacting with the things that I normally I would love more in this relationship of fear. So with that realization, how do we shift? How do we go? How do we take the information, all that wisdom that we've gained from our past, we've gained from what we've discovered and uncovered and know that is possible and bring that together to love our self now to love who we are where we are in the present moment i am a very visual person and you may be very visual as well or you may struggle with being visual like bringing things into your present that you that don't really, that you can't really see, you know, they're not, um, you know, sort of in this, this form of visible, visible world. And it's just the way our brains are wired. Our brains are all wired a little bit differently. Um, One of the reasons that I adore human design, because we can step into the ways that we can, you know, connect with those emotions that we know are the source of our, you know, our health and our healing and our happiness and wisdom, that discovery process by knowing a little bit about ourselves. So what has worked for me is one is, is color. So what I like to do is just start to wash myself in a mental image of different colors, like let it sort of flood my brain and then let it like flow down to different parts of my body and experience it just fully. That helps me love myself by just being able to bring the energy of different colors into my perception and then move them into, um, into my body. I also do this with um, 
when I talk to my angels. You know, I ask them for anything that I'm feeling discomfort in to just release it and let it go and let it, you know, let them hold it or touch it or heal it. I find that that works really well as well. And however you connect spiritually, um, that's a great way of, of letting go. And so instead of focusing on the thing that you see as a problem or an issue or something that you need to fix or something that you need to do, it's just an instant set sense of release. Like you don't even know what it is that you're releasing. You're just letting go. You're not analyzing it. You're not holding on to it. It's as if, you know, somebody just came and took it, walked away with it. And as soon as they took it, it wasn't your problem anymore, wasn't your issue. And sometimes that's kind of hard to do with things that we, that define us. And for me, for so much of my life, because I've always been small, because I've always thought of myself as like active and fit, um, I didn't realize how much of my daily activity had changed because I was still holding on to this idea of I was, you know, an active fit person and I just, my body just wasn't cooperating anymore. I didn't realize that, you know, and there's, there's all these physical reasons that I can put it on, certainly hormone changes, um, recognizing my just extreme decrease in activity level. And because of working from home, my office is right off of the kitchen, the living room, the bathroom. Like I don't have to hardly walk anywhere to just get through my day. I don't have to move. And I just didn't realize how little I was moving until I really started making a conscious effort to move again. So endorphins, we all know about, you know, endorphins, that that biochemical, um, those biochemical molecules in our body that make us feel good. And I'm pretty sure we learned in, you know, high school health class somewhere along the way that, you know, when we exercise, when we moved, that's, you know, so-called like, quote unquote, runner's high. Um, those were endorphins. Those were things that were making our body feel like it could make it feel good. And um, there was just this, um, there is this this biochemical shift in the way that our brain is perceiving what's going on around us that is elevated because of these these molecules floating around in our in our bloodstream and popping into our cells. So, just the act of moving was making me feel good. But then, you know, what do we do? You know, we start judging ourselves, And um, it's one of those things that I found is right when I start back doing something that is really good for me and feels really good, I start laying all of these expectations on it. You know, it's not working fast enough. It's, you know, taking chunks out of my time. It's not being what 
I need it to be for me in this moment. And it, that was when I realized that those are the things, like that's where the resistance is cropping up and becoming this interference between what I desire, what I want and what I feel and, you know, what I'm experiencing in the moment. I've shifted from being in that place of, of goodness, of doing all those good things to being in that place of, you know, just in that energy of expectation and doubt and regret and frustration. And the moving from that, the one place of joy to that place of, to that, that other energy is the key. If we can keep ourselves out of that energy and just be in the joy, there's so much more that we can connect to. So probably about 20 years ago, I was at a high school reunion and one of my old classmates asked me, how do I stay in shape? Like, how do I still, you know, how does my body stay looking the way it did? And I kind of laughed and I said, well, I get up every morning and I look in the mirror and I tell my body what it needs to do today. And at the time it was sort of a joke um, just because I didn't really know what I did. I had kind of given up running because I just didn't enjoy it. Um, I was I was doing yoga very regularly. I was doing some other um, rock climbing stuff and Stairmaster stuff at the gym. Um, it was kind of spontaneous. It wasn't really um, other than my yoga that I was doing with this group of friends that um, was a little bit not really new at the time. Um, I guess I'd probably been doing it for a couple years then. Um, it's kind of funny because um, my ex-husband always made fun of that. He's like, that's not real exercise. He's like, you go do your yoga thing, blah, 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 blah. But with like at the time when I was at the reunion and my friend asked me this question, I looked really good. Like I, my body was in probably the best shape of my entire life, just, you know, physically and strength wise. And, and so I realized when I was answering that question, I was actually doing two things. Number one, I was telling the truth. Um, and I'm going to tell you why I discovered that recently, but two, it was coming from a place of reflecting what the people are, you know, the, the message that I was hearing on a daily basis of about my body um, and how I was at the time countering that message from that deeply 
that place within us or that or whether it's within us or whether it's it's you know from our spirit team from you know our our guides from you know from from source from god whether it's that that gentle love that's always there and always held and what i was doing without even really knowing it to counteract the you know what i was experiencing on a regular basis from my the projection of my ex-husband onto me and what i was letting that mean um because in that moment i my first thought was well i'm not really doing much i'm not doing all the things that somebody would expect me to be doing because I don't like to run because I don't you know all of these things were were kind of spinning around in my head and it was the judgment that I was carrying from what I was hearing in you know this um, unhealthy part of my life when truly in the morning I my safe place was in front of the mirror and I would just stand there and give myself a sense of love and gratitude that was probably in that moment the healthiest thing that I did for myself. And just, I don't want it to sound hyperbolic, but, you know, life-saving in terms of that one place that I could truly feel loved and and safe in was when I looked in the mirror, I was really pleased with what I saw. And what I've experienced over the last year and a half, because we've been in this, you know, state of reconstruction and moving into this much, much smaller place, I went over a year without a full-length mirror. One of the first things I purchased for myself when I, after my separation from my ex-husband and when I moved into my big, beautiful house that I renovated was this giant full-length mirror, one of those gorgeous lean to me you know lean against the wall magnify the whole room mirrors and I I mean it's it is fantastic especially if you put the right lighting in a room it is fantastic for getting dressed it's fantastic for you know doing that good 360 view for walking out the door feeling confident um, my girls loved it because you know how girls love to play dress up in front of the mirror and especially as they became, you know, loving their selfies, um, they always fought for space in the mirror. And then once we, I moved in with my, um, my husband, once we sold the house, you know, we made a beautiful place for the bedroom. And it was just like, there's so much joy there. And that's one of the first things I had to get rid of when we were moving into the smaller house because there's no place for it because it was just so big and this house is so small. And so 
for a good six or eight months, I'd been without any mirror. So when I'd show up as sporadically as it was and almost as avoidant as it was, because I stopped going to yoga regularly during the pandemic, when the, you know, when the pandemic first started, and then I was a little uncomfortable with some of their safety practices that they were doing when they, when everything opened up again. And by then I'd just gotten out of the habit. And because I was moving so much less, I didn't know that. So going into the yoga studio and seeing myself was a little bit uncomfortable and a little bit of a shock. And I, and that's when I started piling expectations on and then, you know, blaming my hormones and and I don't want to imply that they aren't a real thing because they absolutely are but just like everything else learning to make friends with them is a gift and a joy and just knowing that you know as I've explored my relationship with my change in my body and my change in the hormonal part of my body and like the chemistry of my body you know, I'm understanding that um, my intuition is deepening. You know, that's just a factor of, of uh, I believe, personally, and I've done very little research on it to, to prove that it's, you know, true or not. Um, but just you think historically, um, I've, I've always had some sense of, you know, intuition, but I, um, because I believe we all do, but it's just so much deeper and so much more powerful and so much easier to tap into than it's ever been. And I've certainly been doing things to work on it and strengthen it. But as I progress through this, you know, through this next stage, I have to learn to love exactly who I am in this moment. I have to love and and over the past few months as our house is, you know, the interior of our house is almost done. I've learned to love the progression. And I've learned to love the uh, the changes. They no longer feel like um, uh, chores. They, they don't feel as overwhelming as they did. And and it's it's more of just a sense of loving it than actually doing what comes naturally to me, which is changing it, organizing it, trying to find a better way to deal with it. Um, my those those very sort of Virgo qualities that pop out in me when I'm I run up against a situation, and opening my heart to accept that this is what it is right now. And then the choices that I make going forward have to be choices made out of love and joy. Because the only way everything's going to come together is if I make all of my choices from that place of love and joy. And so in that realization, in the middle of the night of knowing that I was getting dressed to go to yoga out of this 
compelled by my dissatisfaction for where I was to dropping into that true love for the practice that I had when I, the very first moment, like the very first time I experienced it, for the first time that my body did something that I never thought it would be able to do. And just the, the awe, like being in that moment of awestruck, awestruckness if that's a word of of awesomeness of and knowing what that felt like as it flooded through me uh, when something unexpected happened just like you know driving home and seeing a gorgeous sunset like as you crusted over a hill and being just letting that come in you know, I had ceased to experience that because of the weight of everything that I had been attaching to myself. And it was growing into all the different parts of me from the you know, how my makeup looked when I applied it to how my hair looked when I brushed it, like all of those things, like it works from the outs, it works from the inside out, the less that we love ourselves. And the less that we experience that allow ourselves to experience that present moment sense of loving. So we can love ourselves where we're at, we can love our spaces where they're at. Those are the things that are going to lead to the most powerful transformations in ourselves, in our homes, in our relationships. Um, that's the next place that I'm trying to bring in the sense of love, like loving who I am when I'm 100% authentically myself in my relationship without giving pieces of me away. And as I mentioned last week, um, each week there is an essential oil that corresponds to this topic. And it's one of the funniest things about this podcast is when I first, when I had that realization and the the whole concept, the whole full circle concept of this pod, this episode came to me. I was so excited because I knew exactly what the oil that corresponded with this because it is my favorite essential oil. It is bergamot. And another funny aside is I looked up the pronunciation of this because I've heard it pronounced bergamot and then I've heard it pronounced bergamo and I stumbled on this hilarious video of this um, English this man who specializes in in um, pronunci correct pronunciation of things um, in this you know crazy way that the 
um, as Americans, we have co-opted all these different languages, how we've co-opted the English language and and all the different influences coming in. And that's hilarious. Um, Just pronounce, you know, it's pronounced bergamot. And um, the reason that I was excited is because when I first started using essential oils, it was... 25 years ago or more, maybe, maybe a little more. And I was, as a scientist, I was using them for their healing properties only, like their physical healing properties from like mending your skin, getting rid of acne. Um, Those things that I could there was an application and then there was a um, trackable result. And and especially, um, you know, coughs, colds, viruses, like all of those things. I was able to, um, you know, mitigate my family's health through essential oils, just self-study. You know, I had no direction. Um, There's a little bit of trusting my intuition. There's a little bit of leaning into what I was experiencing um, you know, my children needing, me needing. But at the time, I didn't really know much. And I don't even know how much research had been done on the emotional side of essential oils. I just knew that the first time that I experienced bergamot, and if you're not familiar with what bergamot is, bergamot is the flavoring that's in Earl Grey tea. So if you like Earl Grey tea, that's what you're you're tasting in there. Um, bergamot is this tiny little hard citrus fruit that's primarily from the Mediterranean. And so when I first learned that, like it's like, oh, it makes sense why I love being in the Mediterranean. It's just that energy and it's the, you know, I kind of thought of it as the energy of the fruit is, you know, coming through. But then when I learned that bergamot is the oil of self-love, it is the oil of self-worth, it is the oil of self-acceptance, of loving yourself, it, it's like, no wonder, like, that's what it makes me feel like when I'm diffusing it or, you know, with my body wash, I, I buy an unscented body wash that I mix to make it smell like I want it to smell. Um, and same thing, you know, for the, the biochemical reasons that my body needs, I can personalize it to that. And bergamot is my oil of choice because it brings me a sense of grounded joy and I I, for me it was when I you know I looked it up because I, I bought a an essential oil a book that was specifically for essential oils and emotions before I bought it, didn't even know such a thing existed. And the first thing I turned to was bergamot because I wanted to understand why it was that I loved it so much. And it, like, I'm pretty sure I cried <laughs> when I opened the page and, um, and read it. So I'm just going to read a little bit to you. 
on that bergamot relieves feelings of despair, self-judgment, and low self-esteem. It supports individuals in need of self-acceptance and self-love. Bergamot invites individuals to see life with more optimism. Bergamot is wonderful for those who feel down and hopeless. It awakens the soul to hope and offers courage to share the inner self, reigniting optimism and confidence in the self. It imparts true self-acceptance. Bergamot teaches individuals to let go of self-judgment by learning to love themselves unconditionally. So yes, there could be no more perfect essential oil to to um, move into the message of this um, of this podcast. So if essential oils are something that you want to know more about, um, there's a place on the web page where you could just pop in and we can do a little chat. Like I said, for most of my life, I'm just self-taught. Uh, back in the late fall, early winter of last year, I did um, become certified as um, uh, as a wellness consultant, um, you know, going through all the fun chemistry stuff, which is, you know, something I had geeked out on anyway. But um, that's just an aside. So if you are struggling with self-love, present moment self-love, not the love that you can be for yourself down the road, not the love that you have for yourself from your past and the stories that, you know, you've told over time. If you are really not in that place, the things that you can do are gratitude for every physical part of you no matter what it is, unconditional gratitude for exactly what is in this moment. Acknowledgement of where you are acting or responding out of judgment, judgment of others or self-judgment um, or, um, you know, particular meanings that you're giving to things. Finding the joy in every action, every little action, just finding that, that those trickles of joy, recognizing that you are always supremely loved. There is a force around you that loves you for exactly who you are unconditionally and it's exactly why you are who you are in this moment and then if you need emotional support beyond that there's wonderful energy that you can bring in from nature being plants and so instead of you know what society defaults us to are substances that take us out of present moment awareness from, you know, alcohol to, you know, other forms of, you know, other forms of medication, whether they're stimulants or whether they're depressants, they're, they're taking us out of the emotion that we're in in the moment. And there's, there's wonderful plant medicine out there that, 
that takes us back into joy, that takes us back into ourselves. And, and if, um, if you've never experienced bergamot oil before, I highly recommend it. I know it's not for everybody because that's the great thing about essential oils is is they meet you exactly where you are. And sometimes if you have a resistance to it, you're not quite there yet. Or maybe it's just not for you in that moment. Um, but it's, which is another, you know, the other thing that I love about them is, you know, I, I, I find wisdom in the plants that helps me develop wisdom in myself. So um, I hope that as we go into this month of February, that's filled with hearts everywhere and reds and pinks and just that electric love of life that you drop into yourself and spend, if not this month, if not this week, but at least today in the experience of loving yourself exactly where you are. Thank you, my friends. Thank you for being here. And I hope to see you here next week. Thank you for joining me here today on the In Her Eyes podcast. If you heard something today that resonated or helped you move forward on your design vision, please head over to the platform you get your podcasts and subscribe. And it would mean the world to me for you to leave me a rating and review. The complete instructions for doing that are on the In Her Eyes podcast website. That's inhereyespodcast.com forward slash review. And while you're there, be sure to grab my bedroom project planning workbook. It's the step-by-step guide to designing a room on any budget that truly supports your needs, your style, your habits, and you or your daughter will love coming home to, whether you're seven or 77. And it's my gift to you for tuning in. And if you have an idea for a podcast episode, something that you're struggling with, or something that you'd like to hear more about, please fill out the form on the bottom of that page. I personally read every single submission. If it's something that I feel confidently that I can speak to and help you with, I'll absolutely create something that will help you out. And if it's something that I feel like someone else can guide you better, I will guide you to that person, I promise. Have a beautiful day, my friend. Until next week.